Being part of ASRIA saved me from personal bankruptcy. And I, I have to tell you, whatever it has cost me, which is, is nothing for the results that you get out of ASRIA, has been well worth it. You're listening to The ASRIA Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from ASRIA, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Hello, ASRIA Show family. Welcome to another show. On today's show, we got something a little bit different, but I'm sure that you will be extremely intrigued by this. So we're not going to talk about physical land. We're not going to talk about physical properties. We're going to talk about note investing with the resident expert, Tom Chase. Tom Chase is based out of Arizona. He's a subgroup member, which is the notes group. And we'll make sure you get all the information about his subgroup and how you can be affiliated with Tom if you're interested in notes. And Tom hails from Chicago. He has a background in high tech medical equipment and uh, lightning detection, man. Can you believe that lightning detection? So that's something completely, completely different and off the grid. So, but Tom has been investing in notes since 2011. So he has a decade of experience in investing in notes. So if you want to know anything about notes, this is the person that you need to talk to. So Tom, man, I have my co-host here, Mike. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Doing great. Awesome. All right. So, so I talked a little bit about your background, but kind of give us the 411, if you will, of who is Tom Chase and why note investing versus fix and flip, apartment syndication, residential living homes, wholesaling, kind of who are you, Tom? And man, why notes? Well, first of all, I'm a proud veteran of the United States Navy. So I all just right. wanted to, well, thank you. to say that. Um, thank you for your service. Thank, yes, sir. thank you. Uh, earlier in my career, I spent eight years in the Navy. I thought, I thought I'd make a career out of it, but it was at the point I go, you know, it's either stay or go. <laughs> so I decided mm-hmm. to, to leave. Yeah, so I, I went into the uh, high-tech world of medical equipment, spent most of my career in that. I worked my way up from an individual contributor to... Uh, vice president of a company for worldwide operations. So I've been been on all ends of the spectrum there. And I, I got interested in investing. I did not do well in the stock market. It led me to real estate. I found ASRIA in 2005. So I've been a member of ASRIA since 2005. I think ASRIA formed in 2002, so I've been around for the majority of it. Like everybody, you go in and you go, I don't know what I want to do. I just want to understand more about real estate. And I'd like to tell a little story about being involved with ASRIA and what it did personally. I lived down in Tucson for a number of years, so I went to the Tucson chapter for years. And when the market here in Arizona in 2004, 5, 6, 7 was exploding, I was a little scared of the market, I thought. And so I invested in rental properties in Texas. It was a really low-key market. There wasn't a lot of appreciation. It wasn't moving like Arizona and prices mm-hmm. going crazy. But I did get caught up. I caught caught up in the frenzy anyway. I I 
decided I was going to build almost a million dollar spec home down in a place uh, south of uh, Tucson where I bought a two and a half acre parcel gated community. And why did I decide to do that? Well, I had zero experience at it, right? But but I decided to do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we do crazy things, but Taking action is not always crazy. You learn a lot yep. from taking action. Too. Yep. So, yes, you do. Well, as I started in on this uh, project and started developing the, the plans for the infrastructure, because this was out of the city some, so it involved septic and all that stuff. So started putting those plans together. Well, because of attending ASRIA every week and the financial numbers that Alan puts together for us every week. It was in 2006, late 2006, when Alan was reporting on the numbers and we could see something happening. You could see the numbers topping. You could see things changing. And we had an insight to that that people who were part of Azria did not have. And that's really all due to Alan Langston and, and the work and the tireless work he put together for us every month. Yeah. Well, because of what I saw, I got a little concerned. I said, I'm a year away from just having this project done. What's the market going to look like a year from now? Yep. And I decided I'm not going to go forward with this. So I ended up selling the property and I lost about $10,000. At that time, it was a lot of money. Well, the home that we were going to build, we figured was going to sell for around 950000 you know, once it was done. And I was hoping to make a couple of hundred thousand out of this. Well, because of those numbers, I sold the property. We know what happened in 2007, eight, the market crashed. Today, over a decade later, those houses still have not come back to over about 600 to 650. Wow. Being, wow. being part of Azria saved me from personal bankruptcy. And I, I have to tell you, whatever it has cost me, which is, is nothing for the results that you get out of Azria, has been well worth it. And I just love sharing that story with people. That's a great story. Yeah. That's, so that's, just the market update itself is worth yeah. the membership. Once a month, I know he does it at the Phoenix Real Estate Club too, like a smaller version. But that there keeps you on point. Yeah, it's great. And that's that's like Mike said, and like you said, Tom, that's just one of the benefits of Azria is so you can see, you can have a forecast of what is to come instead of just flying blind in your market. Just like now, everything seems to be good, but what will a market look like in a year from now or 18 months or 24 months? And with that update, we definitely get a chance to see the bigger picture, the macro picture of Arizona. So, so Tom, are you seeing now that we're, that's where we should be paying attention, obviously every month and every market to the market update, but are you noticing any similarities from now since we're in a hot market to at the, the last crash? Yes and no. I think if you're, if you don't know about real estate investing and you're, you're in the reporting news business. People want to say, oh, we're headed for another crash. Mm-hmm. But by looking at the numbers, looking at what we're seeing today, this is totally different than what it was in 2007. Yeah. Today it's led because we have a shortage of inventory. There, there's a decent demand, mm-hmm. but 
we're short of inventory about 40% of what we should be, which is driving the prices higher. And that's driven from over a decade of not building new homes up to the level of, to support the population that's still moving here. Yeah. So no, I do not see it the same. Great. I'm not saying I don't worry because when things get frothy, you always got to have your end. Look what happened when COVID first hit. You know, when COVID first hit, bang, our market just spiked down. Bang, it spiked right back up in two weeks. <laughs> we know what was going to happen at that time. No, but, but again, that was validation of, hey, people want space. They want their own homes. And there's a shortage of homes on the market. Gotcha. So I think we should always pay attention. But I'm, I'm not concerned about the market right now. It's a great time to be a seller right now. It's not a good time to be finding properties. So, Tom, let me ask you this. You're a Windy City guy like myself, transitioned from Chicago to Arizona. When you got here to Arizona, kind of why did you get into real estate? What was your what was that emphasis you placed on real estate that really made you say, you know what, I need to be connected to Azria. I need to find out what's going on in the market because I'm I want to be a real estate investor. That's a great question because I was a a corporate guy for years. I was very lucky. I enjoyed the work that I did. I enjoyed 95% of it. When the stock market crashed in 2001, I really took a heavy hit, a six-figure hit, personally. And I'm telling you, it was my fault. I got out there to try to do things that I didn't know what I was doing. So after I licked my wounds for a while and I said to my wife, I said, we got to figure out what are we going to do for retirement? The stock market's not it. In my personal opinion, it's too driven by emotion, by circumstances. And when I say circumstances, a company could have great financial numbers and the CEO gets hurt in an accident and all of a sudden the stock just drops like a rock. There's no reason for that kind of stuff. So I found it difficult to operate in that environment. And it's probably because of my technical engineering background. You know, things got to make a little bit of sense. So I'm assuming you're not into Bitcoin then? Uh, No, I don't understand Bitcoin. All right, just making sure. No. Yeah, yeah, I don't even understand that at all. So I, I really started looking around and reading some books and about real estate and reading about people who made their fortunes in real estate. And I said, I got to learn more about real estate. And it was at that point, I said, well, how do I get around people that I can learn from? That's when I found Azria. I was doing some searching online and found Azria and joined the organization. Now, in those early years, I was working a lot in corporate America. I wasn't always at every meeting, you know, but, but I have been a member since 2005. And like I said, after the story I told about 2006, 2007, I will always be a member till the day uh, till the day I'm not here anymore. Was your wife excited about the real estate investing journey when you first brought it up? It, you know, my wife is like, you take care of the future. I'll take care of today. She yeah, trusts me. Awesome. I trust her and what she does. We make a great partnership. Awesome. You know? He wasn't happy with what happened in the stock market. So it was, so she was okay <laughs> that I was leaving that behind. You know, so. Got it. Great question. Thank you. It's so. very important as, as investors, right? So when we're if you, having the support at home 
or from your spouse is, is a big in, you know, indicator if you're going to be successful or not. I feel, I personally feel. You're, you're absolutely correct. Like I said, I, uh, we've been married. We just celebrated 32 years. So we were awesome. both married before. So we met a little later in life, you know, but, but 32 years, I think she's going to keep me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Looks and good. I'm definitely okay. going to keep her. <laughs> so, hey, awesome. Yeah. So one of the things, one of the things you talked about, Tom, was the power of proximity, mm -hmm. right? So you said, I want to be around people that is in real estate. That is the best way to learn. Yes, reading books, reading articles, all of that information is good, but it's the power of proximity. The small little things that you can pick up just from one meeting, the small little things that you can pick up just from one encounter, you know, can change the course of your future. You know, just like you said, one chart, one graph change, help you save a million dollars from you being completely bankrupt. So yeah. that's the power of real estate investing proximity. And as RIA, you know, fortunately, and, and most RIAs is, is the information that they give you. So Tom, let me ask you this. Okay. So you've been a member of ASRIA since, what did you say? 2005? 2005. Okay. Been a member since 2005, kind of during that time, why did you steer towards notes and what did you do prior to you being a note investor? Okay. Great question. Prior to being a note investor, I owned some rental properties. I was never a guy who owned multiple houses, but you know, I, I think at the top I had four rental properties that I held. You know, I just didn't feel like I was making the type of returns I wanted because I had mortgages on them. And maybe I didn't have the insight at that time to think about holding for 30 years. You know, that to me is where you really, you make your money in the real estate is holding for a long time. So it was another little story, which is a really key story on how I got involved in notes. I, I was doing that. I didn't, I was making maybe two to 400 a month on my rental properties after I paid costs and everything. And that's one of the things that got to me. There's always that cost. And you, you go along and all of a sudden, whoop, they moved out and I go two months before I get somebody in and there goes my profit. So that always, that always bothered me. Now, again, it, it, I didn't have the foresight at that time to see the holding long-term because I was looking at making money. I, I, yeah. I want to be a cash flow kind of guy. So it was, it was in 2011, I read Lonnie Scruggs' book, Deals mm -hmm. Wheels. And at the time, I didn't want to have anything to do with manufactured homes. Not in the way that Lonnie Scruggs did, because he talked about buying really cheapy $2,000, $3,000 mobile homes and financing them. But what turned me on was the whole note business, the whole financing. And he talked about it in there about you can do this with anything. You can do it with furniture. You can do it with houses. You can do it with cars. You can do it. But the whole thing about mailbox money and money coming in really turned me on. That's what Lonnie Scruggs book did for me. And so I started saying, well, let me read other stuff. Let me, let me get involved, learn as much about notes because I like the idea of being the bank. And started doing that. A mailer came in the mail from this company that they were selling notes. 
and I was living in Tucson and they were a Phoenix company at the time. So, so I called the guy and talked to him and they were just started up a fund. They were putting money together and doing lending to fix and flip guys and doing it in the Arizona and the Las Vegas market. So they create those notes and I would buy those fix and flip notes. That's how I got started in the note business. It was kind of like, let me tiptoe in because when you're doing a fix and flip note, it's a short term note. Right. And, and Hey, I can do this out of our IRA. And I like that. But one of the things I discovered short term notes on an IRA kind of, uh, it, it doesn't work real well because you have to pay an in and out cost every time you do that. So it made me say, okay, we'll do long-term notes in the IRA, short-term notes personally. So that's how I got got started in the note business. Maybe for the newer people out there, can you maybe just give a brief description of what a note is? So uh, the description of a, of a note, it's a promissory note. So you, you, you become the bank. And there's a simple... A simple way, if you take a simple real estate deal, you have a buyer, you have a seller, and you have a bank in most times. Mm-hmm. The bank is going to lend money to the buyer to pay off the proceeds to the seller. The seller is going to provide legal documents back to the bank. The bank's going to have a promissory note from the borrower. Well, becoming a note investor, you just take the bank out of the picture, you become the bank. That's the simplest explanation. Why do you want to be the bank? Well, when the toilet stops up, do they call the bank or do they call the owner? Call the owner, yeah. When something needs to be done in the home, when an air conditioning needs to be replaced, it's not the bank that gets called. The bank, you get your check every month. So I like that idea of becoming the bank. So, so Tom, we're... we're the bank, they're billionaires, trillionaires. We're just regular old guys trying to get through the next, you know, to pay the next bill. So how do you become the bank? <laughs> well, well, you know what, Tom, before before you answer that question, because this is a great segue, let's hear a word from our sponsors real quick. And when we come back, we will discuss with Tom how he becomes the bank. So let's take a brief break hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. A supporter of today's Azria show is Azria Business Associate, Boomerang Capital Partners. They're coined as the best flipping lender, providing financing solutions to help fund your next fix and flip project. For more information, visit boomerangcapital.com. Okay, Tom, great. Before we left, you were explaining how you can become the bank. So enlighten us. For us guys that always need money, we're always looking for people like you, private lenders. So how do you become the bank and how do someone qualify for your money? So why? That's a, that's a lot of questions there. It's a, okay. it's a, <laughs> let me, first of all, if you look at investing, if I could just back up for a minute before I answer that. Sure. If you look at investing, people want to start out in the wholesaling because it doesn't require a lot of money. You you get something under contract, you wholesale it to somebody that's going to do the fix and flip and you make an assignment. And then you move into fix and flip, you move into buy and hold, and you kind of move up the scale. So when you get into note investing, I kind of view that as the pinnacle of investing. One, you have to have some money to buy notes. 
but you can also do wholesaling of notes. So mm. when I got first started in, uh, getting involved in notes, one, we started using our IRA money. Now we found out we could use our IRA money to do that. Now, if you have a swab account or a fidelity account and you call them and say, I want to invest in real estate, first thing they're going to tell you is, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. They're right and they're wrong. They're right. You can't do it with fidelity or Schwab. However, they're wrong that you can't do it. You just have to have your money put with the correct custodian, a custodian that allows you to invest in non-stock market type of things. So, so we started out there and then I found out I could broker notes. So I started out brokering notes. I would find somebody who, and that's a whole other segue on how you find those direct mail. So if I can find somebody that has a note that they want to sell, it's a performing note. And let me just do a quick thing between performing and non-performing. Performing means you're getting a check every month. Somebody's paying, paying the bills. There are non-performing notes when people default on a loan and those are sold and they're sold at a discount. I focus on performing notes. So I'm going to talk more about performing notes. However, if you're in the performing note business, you need to know about non-performing because if you're in it long enough, you're going to have a non-performing note. It's going to happen. So you need need to know how, how you handle that situation when it happens. So people who had a performing note and they wanted to sell it, said they had a note that the um, unpaid balance was 100000 on the note. And it goes out for another 25 years. Well, I would negotiate to buy that at a discount. Say I'd get them to say, hey, I'll take, I'll take 90000 for my $100,000 note. You Because know, you are buying... You're not buying 100000 You're buying the promise that somebody's going to pay that. So the longer that term is, the more risk there is. Right. That's why yeah. you buy at a discount to mitigate your risk in the future. You know, money today is worth more than it is 25 years from now. Correct. So at the same time, I may have an investor who says, hey, I, I like that note and I'll pay 94000 for that note. So... I would buy it, I'd broker it, I'd make some money brokering. I started building up cash that way. Do you need a license for that or in any way when it comes to like? You don't in Arizona. In some states, you do. Like California, you do have to have a real estate broker license in California. Got it. it. I don't know the laws in all the states, but you don't need it in Arizona. Got it. So that's the way I started out. And as time went on, I finally got to the point because I'm very selective on the notes I buy and they buy in Arizona. And I had about 20, 25 investors who were depending on us to find those notes that I could broker those notes to them. Well, it just got harder and harder to find quality notes. So I said, look, I need to look at my business as a manufacturing type business. How do I manufacture my own product instead of go hunting for it? Because when you're buying a note from somebody else, there's a lot of due diligence you do on on the payment history, the borrower, the asset that's securing the investment, legal background, title issues, and stuff like that. When you're doing all that, there's always something you're not going to know. Okay? As much due diligence as you do. And I said... Look, I want to protect myself and my investors. So I moved into the level of, let me learn how to originate 
make my own product. Now I know the product. I know the power. I know the background. I know everything about it. I got a Asria vetted title company that works for me and supports me. And so we moved into that arena in about 2017 when we started originating. I very seldom buy a note anymore because we originate our own notes today. Got it. Creative. Okay. So, so you're going out, you're finding, you're buying like a distressed property in some, some level, fixing it up and then selling it on a, on a carry back. Exactly. Then you, you create that note for the carry back and you sell that performing note to the open market. Correct. After, after it's been seasoned for six months where we got a payment history and everything. And I've kind of gone full circle back to manufactured homes. Mm. Most of what we're doing today is in the manufactured home arena because what happened, there aren't a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities for lending in that lower tier. When I say lower tier, price tier, not lower quality, price tier of 60,000 and below manufactured homes. There's not a lot of options out there. If you use a traditional lender's model of points, fees, you just can't make enough money with the restrictions from Dodd-Frank and SAFE Act on what you can charge. So, so we go out and buy those and we even do rehab now. And that's another reason why over my course of learning investing, I needed to learn and learn rehab. I needed to learn non-performing notes because we do some rehabbing on those and now, and then we create the seller finance note on top of that. Great. Wow. That's great. Let me ask you this, Tom, how do you find these properties? What kind of marketing strategies are you doing to find these distressed properties to then turn around, renovate them, rehab them, and then do the carry back on them? First thing, not everything we buy in the manufactured home business is distressed. Okay, that's only a piece of our business. I also have another company, Pinnacle Funding, that we bought a bunch of stuff some years ago, and, and we've been taking those back and rehabbing those. But that, that's real estate related. The manufactured home business will find that people will sell for cash at a discount because it's been a cash business especially that 60,000 and below. So we can walk in, let's say somebody has a home that they're wanting 40,000 for. And these are homes that are in manufactured home communities, which are called lot lease communities, land lease, lot lease. So the manufactured home that we originate a loan on is personal property, but it's still somebody's home. It's still a dwelling. It still falls under Dodd-Frank and an owner-occupied occupant is living in that home. So we'll walk in, say, look, hey, we got cash. We'll give you 25000 for your house now. What motivates them to sell is that land lease they have to pay coming up at the end of the month. When people need to move out and they have a home that's sitting in a park that at the end of the month, they got to pay another $600 in lot rent, they're pretty motivated sometimes to sell. Something has happened. They need to move on. They don't want to be having those payments. So that's the motivation why we can get those at cash. And a lot of them, we don't have to do much at all. We turn back around and put them on the market with the added value of financing. We may have paid 25, 
We're putting it on the market at 32 with financing now. And then we create awesome. a note. So inside a company, we make that that margin between the cash price we paid and the finance price we sold it to. Our investors make the return. They get to buy the notes. And that's wow. the model we've set up. Wow. Okay. So it sounds like you're very successful <laughs> at doing this, Tom. And you've been doing it for a long time. Now we do. Let's kind of go back because you had mentioned bro notes. How exactly are you doing that? And how are you, where are you finding your buyers of those notes? Let me just ask that. Great question. The, where I have found my buyers, and maybe I can back up again and tell a little, little bit of story. Go back to 2012 when I really, 11 and 12, when I started getting involved in notes. After I'd been done about four or five notes, I was having dinner one day with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. My brother-in-law started asking me questions about what I was doing and how I was working. And it led to, wow, can you do it for me? So my brother-in-law was my first investor. And then pretty soon it went, well, friends wanted to know. And again, it's all about networking, being involved in Azria, being out networking, letting people know what you do. Not that you're selling. What do you do? This is what I do. And people who are interested, well, wow, well, tell me more. And that's how I started building the investors I worked with, just kind of word of mouth. And when I decided to focus in 2012 on notes and formed a company to do that. I spent two solid years of probably going to 15 to 16, 17 networking events a month. I was a networking maniac. And most of those were real estate related. I never missed the the real estate meeting. I never missed uh, any of the subgroups. I never missed going to the uh, Phoenix Real Estate Club. And then there were other things outside that I went to also, but most of it was focused in real estate and just people got to know me, got to know me, got to know what I did. And it, it took a little bit, but boy, when the business took off, it took off. And now we have more investors wanting to be part of our investor network and I have deals. I started focusing on how do I create my own product because I couldn't find enough to buy. And we're still in that point. We, we have more investors that want to participate than we have deals. So I'm always looking at ways to get deal flow higher. Okay. Gotcha. Awesome. So let's, let's do this. Let's take a brief pause, get our update, our Azria events update. And when we come back, Tom, let's talk about your subgroup, how people can be involved, some of the things that you teach during your subgroup and, you know, how they can reach out to you. So let's take a brief break, get our update from Azria. And when we come back, we will talk about your subgroup. Here's a quick update on Azria's upcoming events. The Tucson New Investors subgroup is meeting on July 5th. The Azria monthly meeting is going to be online on July 12th. As it is every year, this meeting will be a combination of the Phoenix and Tucson monthly meetings as well as the Phoenix Real Estate Club meeting, all online via Zoom on the 12th. For more information and to register, visit azria.org calendar. This episode of The Azria Show is brought to you by Azria Business Associate, Zona Law Group. Zona Law Group handles numerous real estate matters with a focus on landlord-tenant law in Arizona. For more information, 
visit their site at zona.law. All right, guys, we are back and we have Tom Chase, the note guy right here in Arizona. And he is a subgroup member or leader of the notes portion of Azria. So if you want to know about investing in notes, creating notes, things of that nature, Tom is definitely the person that you need to be connected with, that you need to be affiliated with. So at this point right now, Tom is going to share how you can get in contact with him and where he provides his education in order for you to get started with notes. So Tom, tell us, you're a subgroup leader. When do you guys meet and what do you teach at these meetings? So we meet the third Thursday of the month, 6, 6 to 8 p.m. Since the pandemic started, we've been doing these on Zoom. And it's all, it's all set up and facilitated by Azria. And, and, it, it, and I want to thank everybody at Azria, Alan and Maureen and all the people that work there for putting this together and allowing us the opportunity to share this with everybody. I'm just so appreciative of this organization. I, I, I hope that comes out. I can't tell you how much it means to me and whatever, if there's anything that Alan or Maureen would ever ask me, I would be there to do it for them. And and I'm just one, one subgroup. They, they have many other subgroups too. So, so that's how we meet. I, I, I am looking forward to getting back to live uh, meetings. We, we used to meet at the 24th Street Conference Center. That building is being sold now. And I guess, Mike, we're going to be meeting there where you guys are at the I, – I don't have all that address information for the new facility. Mm-hmm. Yep, on 7th Street and uh, Camelback, just north of Camelback. Yeah. So when we go back to live, we'll be meeting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have a pretty large conference room in my office where I'm at. That is an option, but but I think it makes sense to meet where we have the Azria support and everything. So. Of course. So guys, it's it's called the grid. So that's where the meetings are held. And it is basically 7th Street and Camelback. So you can definitely find it there. But all of that information will be in the show notes. So Tom, tell us some of the things that you teach newer investors and investors that come to your subgroup meeting? Well, occasionally we'll have an outside speaker, uh, not all the time, but we'll bring in a speaker who will talk about maybe IRAs and how you invest the notes out of an IRA. We'll bring someone in who talks about the legal structure, what you have, the rules you have to follow for Dodd-Frank and the SAFE Act. If you're originating notes, we go into how do you evaluate a note? How do you evaluate the risk? What are the key things you look for? How do you communicate? How do you buy a note? So it, one of the things we found in the note subgroup is because we would focus on a subject at each meeting, sometimes people would come in and they were, they were kind of lost because we're talking the lingo, we're talking LTV and, and loan to value and, and yeah. investment. <laughs> and, and they're like, whoa. So I try to start every meeting out with, hey, here's a basic, some basics about notes. And I've got a handout that I give to people because we found some people were getting lost. But I found the most popular thing we do at the note subgroup meeting, and I found it by accident. I always felt when I was running this note subgroup that I personally had to 
have something ready to present or something speaker ready. And there was maybe a couple of years ago, it just, it snuck up on me and I said, oh my God, I don't have anything to talk about tonight and I'm going to fail with it. <laughs> you know? And so I got there and there were a few people that showed up early and I said, guys, because you're here early, you get to choose what we want to talk about tonight. What are some subjects you want to talk about? And so I got three or four things and we just threw out and had open discussion back and forth. And my God, the feedback I got from that was, this is great. So we actually do more of that now than anything else. Awesome. And it all came from, because I wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, That's uh, great. But we, do, we do mix it up with speakers and having discussions. And we have people, if you have a deal you're working on, do you need help on? Uh, is there questions you want to put out to the group? Because we have people in the group that know nothing. And we have people that are extremely experienced in the group. You know, and I don't care who you are, you don't have all the answers. So when someone starts asking me about, hey, I'm looking at buying this package of non-performing notes, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Garnet answer that question because he has more experience in that arena than me. So it's neat that we have such a, a wide range of people in the group. We can help each other and we all learn from each other. I is I just you call me the leader. I, I facilitate the group. I learn as much or more as other people. That's one of the advantages of, of, of being in a position. I learn a lot. And, and I'm not afraid to say, I don't know the answer to that, but I know we got somebody in there who does have the answer. That, that's a great point because, you know, there's so many diverse amount of people. They, everyone has these new ideas, the research they do, and they come to the group and they say, what about this, Tom, Marcus? What is it? You're like, oh, I never heard that before. And you get curious. And then <laughs> yeah. you learn something new. Yeah, it's it's amazing circle there of information. Yeah, having 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 that open forum is really the way that yeah. you that you learn because when it's kind of scripted, yes, that's good because you have your bullet points of the topics that you're going to talk about. But sometimes people can sit there and they can say, okay, I'm a little fearful of a- asking a question. And someone may ask the question that they were kind of scared to ask. So they yeah. get the answer. So that's, that's really, that's really great, Tom. So tell us again, it's at the grid. It's the third Thursday of the month from 6 PM to 8 PM. The grid address is 5227 North 7th street. So you know exactly where it's at. Tom will be waiting for you to answer all of your questions. So if you have any questions about notes, Tom is ready, willing, and able to help you dig in and to learn about it. So Tom, I know we talked about your group. Kind of tell us how can someone get in contact with you? You know, if you have an email address, Facebook or something like that, so people can get in contact with you maybe before the third Thursday of the month. So so my email address is Tom, T-O-M, at aznoteguy.com. Okay. So that should be pretty much easy for you guys to remember. Tom at aznoteguy.com. So you know who's the note guy? It's Tom. So you can reach him right there. So Mike, if you don't have any other questions, Tom, if you don't have any other questions. We're good, man. Thanks for being on the show, Tom. Really appreciate it. 
Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, putting this on and, and doing all this. Uh, you, you guys are such givers to this organization. And thank you very much. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tom. We really appreciate you being on. We thank you for the education that you provide the residents of Arizona and really helping build the community of informed investors. So we want to thank you for that, as well as all the other subgroup leaders. So thank you so much, Tom. Guys, you know what to do. You have the information. Go out, reach out to Tom, and you can go to asria.org. That is asria.org to find out all of the information that you want to know about Asria, including the calendar of events. So if you're not a note guy and you want to be a fix and flipper, you can contact Bob Gomez. If you want to do something in, t- in Tucson, you can contact Patrick. If you want to do something in Prescott, you can contact Alan. So we we cover the whole state. So there's nothing that we don't cover. Come on, join us. Go to Azria.org. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to Azria.org and learn more about our community. 